Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and today, again, because it's Warriors Christmas, uh, I'm here with uh, my good friend, Aram in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Hello. It's like 12 weeks of Warriors Christmas or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I think uh, Warriors Christmas is... I'm paying more attention to Warriors Christmas than I am to the finals, but... I actually do have to say that I watched my first 2021 finals game, which was game five. And that was a good game. It's a really you, good game. I'll be honest. Like I watched the first quarter and then I shut it off because the Suns were way ahead. They had like a 14, 16 point lead or something. And then I went on my Warriors Twitter and Andrew Bogut <laughs> had tweeted about how the Bucks were up by three at halftime. And I was yeah. like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in. And so I had it like on DVR or whatever. And it was all recorded. So I just watched it trailing the whole time. And I didn't catch up until the final minute. So I couldn't like jump ahead. It was just yeah. like I was seeing Oh, it that's perfect timing. It's like as if you planned it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause there's tons of commercials you can catch up that way. And halftime is kind of trash but yeah i i gotta say that i was leaning suns before the series started and i'm, I'm pretty much milwaukee bucks all the way what, at this point. what what turn what made you change your mind a or few turns <laughs> a couple things those phoenix suns fans on tv did you see the dude who was like counting off hundred dollar bills for when Giannis was taking time and the whole arena was counting because there's that whole thing that the Atlanta yeah. fans did counting because he takes so long. And they just kept the camera trained a few times, a few different trips to the foul line on this dude who was like counting hundred dollar bills. And I was like, okay, what was once he doing like, with them? Nothing. He was just counting them. And it's like showing him once that's kind of weird, but Showing him like two, three, four times. I was like, I'm really, really kind of sick of this. And those Phoenix fans, they just look angry, you know? They look yeah, really yeah. tense and stuff. But that might change because when they play in Milwaukee next, I might watch that game and I might think that Milwaukee fans look kind of angry. But I mean, all joking aside, I think it's largely because I'm impressed by Giannis. Yeah. 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 He showed up, he had that hyperextension, and he's, from afar, I was like looking at the stat lines and I was like, dang, he's kind of dominating. He's really, he's really taken on, uh, he's really figured out what he needs to do in this series. Uh, I, it, it, it seems like a lot fewer, you know, hey, I'll take a three for the, for the heck of it, which he was doing in earlier seasons. And it's just like, just, just stop. I, and and part of it is Phoenix doesn't have much size to match up with him. So he's taking it down low. And it's it's like playing the game and and playing the game at another level almost. And I think that's really cool to see when somebody who's already an MVP um, goes through this playoff testing and takes their game up another level. And, and I think you're seeing that now and it's just a lot more efficient. It's a lot more fun to watch. And, it, and, it, and it's kind of like emblematic of the Bucks being the Bucks because they're winning and it just always feels they're winning despite themselves, you know, um, that the talent of the players is pushing through the things that are holding them back. And what's holding them back is often themselves. But you know, to be fair, that's that that's part of the challenge, right? And that's the challenge that a lot of teams uh, have to fight through: is is you're not just playing your opponent, but you're playing your own limitations, I guess. You know, if you think about the early years of the Warriors uh, against like the Memphis team, like how are they going to do this? Like they didn't know how they were going to do it, and so maybe this is the Bucks figuring out how they're going to do it, and it's going to be. Middleton taking all the late, uh, late shot clock shots. Um, it's going to be Giannis taking it down low. It's going to be Bud just getting out of the way a little bit more, and like and Drew just hounding people continuously. 
So it's it's been fun to watch. And I I think part of because they've been on the on the scene for the last few years and just like so many disappointments, it's nice to see somebody breaking through. And Giannis seems like a good dude. So um and that block the other night and that alley oop last night were incredible. And uh, you you just live to see those kinds of things in a game, especially at this level. Yeah, that alley oop that was one of the more entertaining plays I've seen in a game where it's not the Warriors. Just the fact that like Booker, he tried to be the man in the moment. Yes. He should have taken that first shot when Tucker was just on him at the elbow, but he kept driving. And then he turns around and Drew Holiday is just right there. Nothing's worse than ending up like flat on your face (laughs) at the end of a game like that. And then another thing that actually makes me want to pull for the Bucks. I was, I've always disliked Chris Paul, but during these playoffs, I've actually kind of wanted him to win. The, my disdain for Chris Paul was outweighed by my disdain for other teams. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, just from what I've read, he's been playing his Chris Paul tricks and that yeah. push on Giannis on that alley-oop. If, he, if Giannis didn't land properly yeah he's just so big right he maintained like his vertical uh his verticality and then just let go of the rim because he's so adept at dunking i guess Uh, a lot of guys would like swing right and then yeah maybe land on an elbow or a tailbone or something like that and it was kind of a non-issue but it was it, it was a little cheap you know he pushed him basically in the in the hip and the crotch or the stomach yeah, or something like yeah. that. And I get it. He probably wasn't playing dirty, but in his mind, he was like, I'm going to try to stop this uh, ball from going. I have, there's nothing else I can do except try to, maybe I'll get a flagrant, but the ball's not going to go in, but it went in and hit the free throw. I, I mean, he, free throw? no, he didn't. And I think that was the one where he missed it really badly and he tipped it back out to Middleton. But yes. And that was actually a really, really good tip. Right when he tipped it, I was like, dang, that looked very intentional. He knew roughly oh, he, where Middleton yeah, was. He totally and, did. But it's also he didn't like, want to shoot any more free throws. And if he tipped, but if he tipped it too far, it would have been an open layup. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So. If Middleton had cut to the lane, then yeah. it's just. Free. Oh, that would have been fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. But it, Chris Paul's interesting because there's been so many times where he's had these playoff flameouts. And in some cases, it's been injuries. But talk about like somebody getting in their own way. And and, and the thing is, he, he had a great game and he had great assist to turnover ratio. He shot well. But it's just like these things that he can't break through. And I don't know what that's all about. And and maybe it just comes down to, you know, it's hard to win a championship and it's hard to play at this level. So uh, especially for a high level player, I've been really liking seeing Drew Holiday play. You know, he had a really good bounce back game, but his defense has been incredible. Um, you know, the size and the strength that he has to get through screens like they just can't get him off. Uh, yeah. They can't get him off easily. And um, it, it just shows you know, you never know what those trades are going to do, those kind of all-in trades, how they're going to work out. But from series to series, it's felt like, oh, I don't know about that trade for Drew Holiday. <laughs> and then this one, and you see him playing the defense, his defense like this, it's like totally worth it. Beginning of the season, when they made that trade, I was like, well, I guess Giannis is never winning a title because <laughs> everybody talked about how good Drew Holiday is. And he is great. He's a very good player, but he's not upper echelon point guard. And I just felt that the Bucks were cycling through kind of, you know, they weren't getting a solid supporting cast around Giannis. But again, it just goes to show you that you don't know what can happen and health matters, right? Yeah. Health of Giannis matters. Like if, if, he wasn't able to bounce back for that hyperextended knee, 
then none of this is even close to happening. It's like a sweep, right? And it's also interesting because I kind of thought that Milwaukee was just done, right? They weren't going to make the moves to get over the top. And just this weird-ass playoff season, it's it's like, whoa, like shit can happen. And also I was going to say, like, it feels like these two teams, I could be wrong, but it feels like these two teams are frantically trying to win because they know how hard it's going to be next year when everybody gets more time for the playoffs where there will likely be fewer injuries to star players and the Warriors will be back in. Uh, The Nuggets will probably have Jamal Murray back. uh, Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. But, you know, uh, and, it has uh, been weird. It has been a weird playoffs for sure. And you know, you look at this matchup. It's been good, and maybe it's been good because you know that they're kind of grinding this out. They're not, uh, you know, whoever wins is not going to be considered like are are they amongst the best teams to have ever won the championship? Like it's not going to be never, considered yeah. that. They're not going to be one of those teams. And I mean, this is just this long tail of COVID effects um, and we'll see how it affects next, next season, I guess too. But, um, but you know, what I'm interested in uh, it kind of in the Drew Holiday vein, and then also this kind of the effects of this uh, finals, because I think every finals influences the next one. Uh or you could say that to to a certain degree. I think you know last year a lot of teams were like, "Oh, we got to get big" because the Lakers got big and it worked. Um, and then this year, let's say, I mean, the Bucks look pretty good. Uh, I think they've really taken the Suns out of what they can do. Um, let's just say the Bucks win, and what is the lesson from it? And I think that towards this idea of the Drew Holiday trade, it's the idea of like pushing your chips in, going all in. And like you said, yeah, I think it felt like, oh, that's the best they could do and kind of like a half-measured attempt to upgrade their roster. But if they win a championship, it's all worth it. So so I'm curious about how this is going to influence how teams think about the the offseason and specifically the team that we like talking about. (laughs) <laughs> the Warriors. So um, I wanted to see if you were down to uh, do some some role playing. Okay. So uh, some Bob Myers role play. I'll and have that, to ask uh, my girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> Ew. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. So I'm, I'm Joe Lacob and I just watched Bob. I just watched the NBA finals. We, we, we got to do this. Bob, we got to do this. We got to push it, push all of our chips in. We've got to do it. We've got to, we owe it to Steph, Clay, and Dre. I don't think he actually thinks that way. I think he wants to have, like, he wants to draft and develop and, like, organizations win championships, quote unquote. Like, I think he wants to think that. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, because it's draft season and I think trades often uh, orbit around the draft. Um, let's say Lacob has told, has looked at what the Bucks did, an all-in trade. We've got to, we owe it to these guys to try to win another championship. And so there's a few high-level, all-star, uh, all-NBA players who seem like they're available. So Bob, I know mm-hmm. this is the this is the mandate from from ownership. I'd like you to go get player X. All right. So, so you're going to be Bob Myers in this. Okay. So you have I, I haven't worked on my impression. Your impression of Blake <laughs> is, is not bad. Not bad. A, all I know, Bob Myers is like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let me see if I can do a Bob Myers. Well, you know, that's a, that's a really tough question. <laughs> I don't really have an answer for that. We're all all human beings. Yes. And the greatest human being is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Bob, okay, Bob, I wish you could have. I would, Bob, take that back. He's he's okay. fine. He's fine, but it wasn't worth it. So you're going to be Bob Myers. I'm going to see what are you willing to give up. You mm-hmm. have to make these trades, Bob. Um, okay. So okay. Joe told you to make the deal. Okay. Um, gotcha. Let's do it. And then, but you can tell me how much you'd push back to fight Lake up about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Totally. Okay. And then you can tell me how how likely you think this scenario is. Okay. Sure. So I'm the uh, Clippers GM, uh, Lawrence Frank, or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Bob, we, uh, Kawhi's out this next year. Uh, we want to, we want to refresh. We want to refresh our roster. Um, uh, Steve's given us the go ahead. Uh, are you interested in Paul George? And yes, you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joe <am>. told you. <laughs> Even though I'm not, but yes, I am. So the, so the basics of this, uh bob i i need uh i need wiseman i need the two picks and we need to do wiggins to make the salaries work and a future first that's a tough one because if lakum wants me to do this i will say what if i just say i'll give you wiggins (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you wiggins i'll give you the i'll give you two firsts and the two picks no, 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 no. It's got to be Wiseman. I'll give you Zubach. Okay. Then I will give you Wiggins, Wiseman, the two picks, and a first. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. 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 All right. So that's our first one. Okay. Actually, how about this? Joe says get the best deal, not you have to make the deal. Joe has told you to get the best deal to get us in championship contention. And so I'm changing it a little bit midstream. Okay, here's the next trade. So that was pretty good. That was pretty but, good. So but, you... but do do I like that trade? Uh, Does Patrick like that trade? I'm not a huge Paul George fan, but he impressed me in the playoffs. He did, yeah. And he still has something there. I don't think the Clippers make that trade, but also I... I don't think they'd look to move him, but also I think that, especially if you get Zubak, Zubak, if you get him, that's not bad. I mean, getting two guys bad. on a playoff team and uh, Zubak is still uh, Zubak is still young, so may not be a building block per se. But Paul George being a little bit younger, maybe thirty-ish or so, that keeps the window open. Even though I like homegrown talent, that would not necessarily be a bad trade. And if the future first is relatively soon, that's fine. They'll get some yeah. ring chasers too. Yeah, I mean, maybe you would have to throw in pool in that or something like that. Like, um, yeah. Okay, so you would make that trade, and you and you think it's not bad. Okay, Patrick thinks it's not bad. Okay, here's the next one. <laughs> I don't know who the 76ers GM is right now. Do you know who it is? It's uh they they repl- Oh, it's it's Daryl Morey, of course. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't Okay, let's see. All right. Ben Simmons to the Warriors. Um Bob, are you interested? No. But I could take him off your hands if, you know, he'll take 7 and 14. Well, we got to make the salaries work, so you have to give Take me Wiggins too. I'm going to hang up the phone. This is not this is not a good match. What um, what do you want? I'll give you pool. This would have to be some kind of three-way deal to be honest. Like Wig uh Wiseman would have to be the upside here. I think Simmons, sorry, I'm still Daryl Morey here. Simmons is way better than Wiggins. He's got all defensive potential. He's a star. I need something back and Wiggins is not enough. That's just salary ballast. Uh, so I need the picks. I need pool, uh, and I'll reroute Wiseman for somebody who's ready for me now. So I... basically, Maury's saying Paul George is the same level as Ben Simmons. He's younger. He's a great defender, uh, ball mover. Maybe you can fix him with that California weather. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But oh man, Lake keeps texting me. He still wants <laughs> me to make this deal. If I can't. Huh. Bob, you got to get the best deal. The best is this your deal. best deal so far? Let's see. So you, you as Daryl Moore, you're asking uh, to get a third team involved. But me, as Bob Myers, I'd be getting Ben Simmons, losing Wiseman, Poole, Wiggins, two picks. 
Yeah, and maybe I'll give you like uh, one of the one of these uh, young dudes, um, not Tybal, but uh, the the little guy, Maxi. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I really don't like this. I really don't like it. Okay, all right. So can I can I hang up? Miss, miss yeah, you can hang up. You can hang up. It's not right. you don't think it's the best deal. All right, screw you, Maury. Click. <laughs> I didn't want Simmons anyway. All right. This is the one this is one that I think um probably I feel like might be the most likely. Um I don't know. Okay, Bradley Beal. I don't know who the Wizards GM is, but uh you know what? It's not working out. We we have a young coach. He's uh, Wes Ensel Jr. is good at developing young talent. Um they're all going to learn from Russ <laughs> how to be a pro. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so we want, we want to build the future of the wizards. So I'll give you Bradley Beal for Wiseman Wiggins to make the salary work again, seven and 14 rounded out with some other <laughs> pieces, but that's the basis of it. Me as Bob Myers. I personally really, really believe in James Wiseman. But I really like that uh, Bradley Beal is 26 years old, I believe. He's going to be playing the Olympics, which usually gives a boost to all players. I think he's and... out for COVID. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. But he had the Olympic experience, maybe, the well, training camp. At least that guarantees that he won't get hurt during the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I think that is not bad. Not bad, because I can see... Getting Beal, even though he would, even though he's only six three, he plays a little bit bigger. Yeah, and I feel like we could get some free agent ring chasers with that, and it would allow Clay to not have to chase around so many smaller dudes. He'd have to play small forward, but uh, I think I could do that. I think I could okay. do that deal. Okay, so we have a yes there. So, so yes, Paul George, no Ben Simmons, yes, Bradley Beal. Okay, next. Even though uh, Patrick does not want to do that. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that okay. next. Okay, All Bob. Right. Um, it's Masai Ujiri calling from Toronto. Click. Uh, <laughs> but you don't even know the deal yet. All right, all right. All right. It's uh, Pascal Siakam. You know, Bob, we want to... Uh, we're we're looking for towards the future. Uh, we love Wiggins. He's a hometown boy. It's time for him to come home. Uh, we'll give you we'll give you Pascal Siakam uh, for Wiseman Wiggins seven and fourteen. Uh, we'll throw in Chris Boucher or something like that, or Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines. I'll give you Aaron Baines. No, no, I I don't want Siakam. Give me the number four. Throw in the number four pick, and we have a deal. Hmm. Maybe there's somebody they really like. Maybe they like Kaminga and he drops to seven and they get him anyway. So I could see that. Uh, there would probably have to be a little bit more. You would need to give me like pool or a future uh, pick swap or something like that. So no. So Bob says no, but counters with number four okay okay i like that i like a pick swap uh, yeah it's seven for four seven for four um i mean I, I might think about that if i'm bob <laughs> yeah i think uh i think if you throw in the number four that's heavily weighted towards the warriors to me if you don't yep. even begin to negotiate with the number four to me that's so that's do not you not you not well. want you don't want siakam because why He's injured. He's not a real star. We give up too much. Wiggins' fit is proven, even though Siakam is a better player. And Siakam just isn't enough to give up that many pieces, that many assets. I would rather roll into next season with Wiggins, Wiseman, Book Knight, and Davion Mitchell, even though Patrick doesn't want Davion Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, can't tell, I can't tell who's talking as who now <laughs> was i'm talking or was that patrick i don't know that was that was bob okay um me talking as aram 
I if it was number four was involved, I would really think about that. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. Okay. Now this one is interesting because we've seen this is the next one. Uh, we've seen a lot of reports and some saying he's asking for a trade. And then you see a ne- another headline. I didn't ask for a trade. And then you read the article. It's like, but I might. <laughs> and it's Damian Lillard. Yeah. I will give you Andrew Wiggins for Damian Lillard. No way. No way. <laughs> I've already, I'm Neil Oshie and I've already taken a PR hit. I can't take, I can't afford to trade our best player ever in franchise history for. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, Neil, it's just, he's a local guy. Bring him home or at least across the Bay from home. And <laughs> He's he's a, a great top ten talent, but you know, just the fit just isn't that that great. Like for what you'd want, it just doesn't really make sense. All right, Patrick, what do you think? Is it a no for you as well? That it's a no for me. I was on yeah. Twitter when this was being talked about and people saying what the Warriors could give up for Dame, and I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah. I want that. Like, yeah. he's 31 years old. He is. It's it's not about. We know this from so many Olympic teams that some of those dream teams that didn't fare so well. It's not about throwing just the best guys out there. It's about the roles, the chemistry, all that jazz. And I just don't think it's worth it because you'd have to give up so much more than. Wiggins, Wiseman, seven fourteen, yeah, to get Dame Lillard, and I just don't think that's worth it, especially when they're all going to phase out kind of at the same time. Yep, I agree. He's an amazing player. Love watching him play. I also don't want to throw shade, but it's also why haven't his teams done better? And it's not solely just his responsibility, but he's not a great defender. You'd have a tiny backcourt. I don't know that. It, yeah, the fit is difficult, and I really doubt he would want to play for the Warriors. Um, yeah, I th- I think he would want to go like New York or something like that. And and he has the power to to make that happen, right? To to steer where this is going to go. So I personally would love to see Dame go to New York because he's been so overlooked by casuals and by the majority of. NBA fans for so long who just started picking up on him the last like few years, right? And to get in Madison Square Garden and the spotlight, I would love to see him in that, thrive in that, you know? Yes, yeah, it'd be fun. Hell of it, and then send him eastward. That would be yeah. helpful for us. So that's a no. All right. Now, this is not somebody... Mm, it's not quite in the tier of these other players, but um so yeah it's not exactly the same package zach levine this is me speaking as me uh he's got one year left on his deal mm, how much I mean, does he make he, he makes 18 or 19 um so i mean sorry Can i get his not, bird rights you would i believe i mean am i crazy to think that they you could <laughs> you could do a sign and trade for Ubre and seven fourteen for Zach Levine. It's not going to do it. I don't think that's going to do it. But salary wise, it would work. Ooh, I think. That is, I mean, if I'm the Warriors, I hundred percent do that deal. I think Levine has gotten a little bit better on defense, and it would just be great to have that firepower. So, you know, would I basically trade in my mind? 714, who in my best case scenario is Book Knight and Zaire Williams for Zach Levine. Yeah, I'd do that. I would totally do that, you know? Uh, 100%. What if it was uh, Ubre Pool and 7 and 14 for Zach Levine? Hmm. Just because I'm thinking, like, oh, the, the Bulls, Bulls probably won. want somebody who, not just, I mean, Ubre's Ubre, uh, but they probably want, you know. Yeah, I would do that. Ball I would do that. Yeah, I think okay. I would do that because 
I, I like pool, but Levine can give you a lot more. I'm just offense. I'm just adding pool in just so I don't sound like an idiot who like, <laughs> there's like they're like who it's like there's no way they would do Ubre first. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge Zach Levine fan, but if you if you're giving him basically to me for seven and fourteen, and then you know, pool, sure, I could I could throw in pool just to just for for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah. I again, I I, I would also do this. Yeah, the fit is weird, but he's a shot maker. Like, he's an incredible shot maker. The Warriors could use that. Who's playing small forward? Oh, you still have Wiggins in this situation. Oh, my gosh. So who's coming off the bench? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's Steve's problem. You're paying somebody $30 to come off the bench. Yeah, Um, it's either Clay or Levine. (laughs) Or Wiggins. Or small ball. Or it's Wiggins, and then, you know... Yeah, you go small ball or Wiseman plays well. I mean, if honestly, if like if you can keep Wiseman and then get Zach Levine, I'm happy, right? Like, <laughs> that's cool with me. Yeah, and I Wiggins mean, and keep Wiggins. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, they uh, you you know you get him for one year, he becomes a free agent, you get his bird rights, so you would have to pay that out. Yeah, it's an interesting interesting dilemma that would also leave you the room to slow play Clay. Right, like okay, right, exactly. Twenty minutes a night, mm-hmm. right, and then we're gonna ramp you up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so is that it? Like, is that it? Yeah. Well, that's that's the list of names. Now, okay. uh, the chances of any of these happening, what do you think? Would you pick any of these happening, or some, or like the quote unquote the field happening in terms of a trade? Oh, like it's somebody who who we've not mentioned. I'll just really run through it. Paul George, I don't see happening because I don't think the Clippers are going to move him. Ben Agreed. Simmons, I don't think the Warriors will give up what Philly wants to get him because I don't Agreed. think they realize it. I think they realize it's not worth it. Bradley Beal, I think the Warriors would make a trade for him, but would the Warriors have enough? Would they have more than somebody else? And right now, it just seems like Bradley Beal is fine staying in Washington. I mean, hell, they made it further than the Warriors did, technically. <laughs> Eastern Conference. Uh, so. Exactly. But Pascal Siakam, I, you know how I feel about that. We've talked about that for a couple weeks now, and I definitely don't want them to make that trade. I don't think they will make that trade. I think they realize that's probably given up too much. Dame, I don't think they make that trade. Zach Levine, I don't think that's really on the table. I don't. I don't know who else... Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who else. Who else is disgruntled? You know, yeah, who becomes dislodged during the off season. Uh, But that's the thing, right? Like uh, a lot of these players weren't even necessarily on the table before the playoffs started. So um, that's always one of the interesting things about uh, the NBA. Um, Now, there's a couple last options. So. There was the Bobby Marks hypothetical. The hypothetical the Pistons could not turn this hypothetical trade down. The uh, I think it was the Wiseman and the seven and fourteen for number one. Which I'm like, of course they can t- turn that down. How could they not? Like that seemed like a no brainer to turn it down. Yeah, uh, but but Bob, do you want to trade up somehow? Like what what do you? I don't I don't see a path forward, but. Yeah, I don't see a path forward either. And I don't know the context of that. I, I saw that quote as well. I, as Bob Myers, would 100% make that deal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, I would too. Like, that's, that's a gimme. Like, sure, right? You have maybe in a few years, it's like, oh, who turns out better, Kate Cunningham or Wiseman, Book Knight, Zion Williams, just off the top, you know, the people that I, I want to pick in the draft. And yeah, argument could be made that those three dudes, aggregate or one of them individually, yeah. is better than Kate Cunningham. Yeah. Right. But the ability to bring Kate Cunningham into the Warriors system right now and foster his development as far along as he already is, I think that would be honestly like an amazing scenario for him to become the best Kate Cunningham NBA player he could be. Yeah. And I personally would just love to 
see that just as a basketball fan because we always talk about how, especially with someone like James Wiseman, not just because he's a, a Warriors player, but like if he really is as gifted and athletic and has these skills that need to be polished, you want to see these basketball unicorns reach their potential because you just want to, you just want to see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to see how really good he could be because we've seen a ton of guys who have talent that just flame out, get injured or whatever. So you just want to see people be them best, be their best selves as basketball players. And I think like, obviously having him on the Warriors be great for us as fans, but I think that would be uh, awesome to see on the other side for Detroit. Obviously, they would want more, but I think if they ended up with a young core of Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Zeke Bay, James Wiseman, uh, Book Knight, and Zaria Williams, or whoever else you want to pick on the 14th, that's also not bad, <laughs> to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. Just where they are, where they are in the rebuilding process, you know, but obviously they could get more from someone else. Yeah, it, I, I think so. They could get more. And it's like a trust the process kind of like, you know, a lot of darts at the board and mm-hmm. one of them will hit or you just need one or two of them to hit. I don't see it happening. No. Uh, though, you know me, I love Isaiah Stewart. So as long as we get Isaiah Stewart back in that deal too, I'll definitely do it. Um, okay, Bob, you're off the hook. Now we'll bring Patrick back in. Uh, well, the last option is standing pat draft these players and you sign some free agents like what would you do like in this like this is a scenario like what would you do and then and then out of all of these that we've talked about uh what's your preferred path my preferred path is honestly to take the two picks draft the 714 stick with wiseman and then pick up some free agents that's what i would do if beal or levine become available for those scenarios. I would much rather do the Levine deal that yeah, we're talking I would about too. Yeah. because we keep Wiggins and Wiseman. That might just be super fanciful. Uh, yeah, but, it's a it seems like a video game trade. Yeah. <laughs> uh and and Bradley Beal, like again, it would be good for the Warriors in the short term, but I really, 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 and I've said this for months, even before last season's trade deadline. I was like, don't trade Wiseman for Beal. And I still don't want to do that. So I would stand pat and I definitely would see how these players, these picks turn out. And if it doesn't work out, there's a trade deadline. There's unhappy vets. There's teams that want to tank and you can make deals. You can make deals. You can move Wiseman then. You can move whoever you draft these picks then. You know, if Kamenga falls to seven, take calls on that, you know? So, yeah. uh, Yeah. And it's also just because I love, love like unknown, you know, draft talent and that (laughs) stuff. It's really, really like uh, uh, the best, one of the best parts of of fandom. I feel like this is the most likely path that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to make these big trades. At the same time, there is something to be said for having high-end talent, high-end shot creator outside of Steph. And even Steph, I mean, he can create his own shot and he's gotten better and better at it. But it's like they do need somebody else. And they don't they don't have it right now. And I don't think they're going to get it at 7 and 14. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they're going to reconcile that. You know, Poole might be enough of that in a, in a you know second unit kind of way like you're seeing like Cameron Payne or something on the Suns is you know shot mm-hmm. creator off the bench and that is really helpful and you saw how dynamic he was in those Memphis games but ah oh, man I don't know I, I it part of me feels like they have enough that standing pat and this is the right path to go and sign some veteran free agents improve the overall depth and talent. I do think that's the best, most prudent way to go. But there is something that just nagging at me a little bit about like they they don't have the high end talent 
as it stands right, right now. And yeah. uh, I, but I'm also like, I'm not that keen on Bradley Beal, maybe with a, like a mid-level exception, they can get somebody play on the wing. Who's a high level defender because you trade for him. That's your wing depth, uh, which you would have filled out with Wiggins, obviously. And then also maybe probably seven and 14. So mm-hmm. that's what gives me a little bit of pause of that. Uh, yeah. The living, thing is a video game trade but uh but if it happens like we're gonna replay this episode um i'm I'm clipping that one if it happens exactly exactly um so yeah i think they're gonna stamp at because i also think that lake wants to prove that uh they have a the organizational depth and the organizational mindset to make this happen also it's probably a financial thing too he's talked a lot about the luxury tax, they want to have sustained success so they can pay off that building, that $2 billion mm-hmm. building or whatever. So I don't think it makes sense to go all in. And I don't know that they feel indebted to uh, the old core, even if maybe they should, since their valuation went up, you know, however, 100 times over. So yeah, I think draft some players. And like you said, you can develop them and they have some they still retain some value. I think around this time there's so much trade chatter because teams would like to have their own pick at the draft. Uh you know, if you had these assets then they would like to pick the players that they want. But if Kaminga fell, put him in the G League for a while, let him dominate down there. It's going to yeah. be a lot of value. Yeah. Yeah, if Kaminga so, fell, just Okay, throw my draft board out the window. <laughs> take Kaminga at seven. Take Davion Mitchell at 14. Shut everybody up, right? All the win now people. There, there's your win now guy, right? Like there's your win now and, you know, move on, move on from there. You know, I, I tend to agree. Like it's interesting to, see, to think about how they would be operating if – Obviously, a huge if the pandemic didn't kind of hurt their bottom line so much. I mean, it hurt everybody's. Yeah. But in terms of spending and paying off the building and all this other stuff. But I tend to agree that they want to go, you know, they're trying to keep everybody happy while ultimately any organization wants sustained success. Right. And then I'm sure they want the championship, but they might not want it like in the percentages of zero to 100. Like they might not want it as badly as Steph, Draymond, and Clay. Like they're like, yeah, yeah, 100. Right. They have no ownership in the team and what they do five years after they retire. Whereas like Lakeup and the front office might be like, yeah, we really, really want a championship. But in their heart of hearts, if you just got down in there, not that they're lying, but they see it as like, we have to also think about the future beyond this. And I don't know what the roster construction would be if you get these two picks. Do they jettison? I mean, if it feels like they're going to get off of Smiley Gage as soon as possible. <laughs> and Nico Mannion, I still think he's worth keeping and developing. He's playing great for Italy, and he's playing the Olympics. If he shows out in the Olympics – bring him into summer league and let him dominate. I feel like I, I just need to know more about who the free agents are, right. And how much yeah. they can actually afford or get. Like, would you, hey, if, if, uh, if you could fill out with like warriors killer, Will Barton, you know, <laughs> that would be amazing. Right. But how do you get him on the roster? How do you get Alex Caruso on the roster? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so you know uh and then there's just dudes you can't get who are just going to be way too yeah. expensive it's a tough one and you know maybe we can save the the free agents for uh right after the draft but it is going to be an interesting roster crunch because they do have some guys that i think are still worth trying to make it work a little bit with uh eric pascal um Damian Lee, all caps, <laughs> uh, has been really reliable. So, you know, these are guys that can help you get through the season, but they're just not that high end yeah. that will get you through the playoffs. I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing in, in the finals, and we know this, we've seen it before too, is 
there's just dudes who become unplayable in the playoffs and that's that's the gauntlet yeah we've seen that for the warriors many many times <laughs> yeah so who can we get and that's that's where bob's got to make his money right i mean look at there let's just quickly run through the roster right it's steph clay wiggins draymond looney wiseman uh jta damian lee he's a free agent um uh, he, I think they have like an option on him. So like, if like they could cut Lee for like no repercussions, but they, okay. they basically have him. Well then pool. Right. Yeah. And then, so that's nine guys and you still have Nico Mannion who could probably could still be in the G league next year. Right. You get I mean, rid of smile gauge when then you have what Mulder. They also have like some, kind of contract hold on him like non-guaranteed i kept saying all last season that their whole bench was a bunch of dudes who spent time in the g league and don't get me wrong like the g league is not like how it used to be like when it's like d league which is just like a league of guys who you don't really have good odds now it's more of like a seasoning minor leagues type thing right so there's no shame involved but like it points to what you were saying there's a dearth of that high-end talent, right? Like, if you're really competing for a title, maybe on Kerr's roster, you will play Michael Mulder, you know? <laughs> but when you tighten up the, the bench, who are those other dudes? And I agree, like, and this is why I want Book Knight, not because I think he could do this next season, but just in general, well, maybe not in the playoffs, but maybe during the regular season a little bit, he can give you some shot creation. He can yeah. put the other team in foul trouble. You see what he does, and he does things that the Warriors haven't had in so long. And you see him, they haven't had a guy who could just go get a bucket at the bucket at the rim, just like that, except for KD. Like, that was always one of their problems. If they weren't hitting their threes, how are we going to get a shot? Yep. And Clay is not good again to the free throw line. Wiggins is not. Steph should be, but he doesn't get the calls. He doesn't argue for them. So you need that guy who can create the shot, put the other team in foul trouble, get you in the bonus sooner, all those things, you know? And, and yep. that, I think, is something super, super helpful. And if you can't get it in a free agency, then, um, you know, best hope that someone like Book Knight can do that in the regular season and develop quickly enough to give you some spot minutes in the playoffs, right? Instead of like Michael Mulder or even, yeah. no offense, all caps, Damian Lee. <laughs> well, as much as I like Damian Lee and I like Michael Mulder too, I think he could help you get through the season. You know, you think about Bob Myers after the season said like, we're going to need to add some veterans. And, you know, if we have, if we have uh you know, two picks on the roster, uh, Michael Mulder or Mannion, uh, and you have two free uh, free agents, that's 15 players, and you can't play them all. So it means that some of these players are going to be gone. It might be Mulder, it might be Lee, Pascal. Uh, it might be Pascal, you know, like you trade him for a conditional second-round pick or cash or something like that. Uh, so I think this is all, there's going to be some 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 changes, and they only, if you're going the free agent route, then there's only a couple ways that they can get somebody, right? It's the vet minimum. It's the taxpayer mid-level, which is not as competitive as the full mid-level. And uh, so is it going to be, is it going to be that, like, what are they going to spend their money on, right? Is it going right. to be on the shot creator? Is it going to be on a stretch, stretch big, like they mentioned, um, another shooter? I guess we'll see. Which is why it's so difficult, right? Because you have limited spots. And then are you going to bring two more rookies onto that? Me personally, I keep saying yes. But then when you look at roster construction and then rolling all those guys out next season, will there be enough dudes? If they had, obviously, like a David West, an Iguodala, a Sean Livingston, at the top end of their bench instead of uh, JTA as much as I love that dude. Um, Damian Lee, 
Eric Pascal. I mean, Eric Pascal's away at the end yeah. at this point, but yeah, Pool. So Pool could be that guy, and uh, hopefully he is sooner rather than later. But yeah, it, it really is a difficult task to put together a roster that can can do both. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because I, I always vote for drafting and you know building from the ground up but if you can get somebody and it makes sense then yeah you know we'll see we'll see like i'm 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 super like this is such a fascinating time because during the dynasty obviously it was like okay who are we gonna get here who wants to come to the warriors like hey come on like hey you know give you like you know a sack lunch as your uh salary you know and um now it's it's like you know who can you convince in terms of ring chasers because there's way more parity obviously yep. than there was three yep. years ago and way more than last year yep. so uh, it'll be it'll be kind of fun to see how the warriors battle and at least you know you never want to see anyone get injured but at least you can pretty much write off the clippers unless they do something crazy in yeah. terms of like being at the the top four of the Western Conference. Honestly, personally, I think that next year is not the title year. I think it's the next year where <laughs> maybe Wiseman is has made the DeAndre Ayton progression. Poole is like a really great six man. Clay has a full year all the way back and then one of these picks hits and then you have this like really multi-generational uh team and Steph is still good and Clay can still yeah. you know hit threes and mid-rangers so and Wiggins is first team all NBA no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and he's Wiggins got room is, to grow and Wiggins is going to come off that contract eventually and then hopefully sign for like I don't know 20 mil <laughs> or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that scenario. Uh, good luck putting that on the marketing materials. <laughs> really about next season. All the all this season, I was like, it's about next season. <laughs> and I think they've fully admitted that's kind of how they were looking at it too, to some extent. And now it's it is that next season. So hey, wait until next it. year, right? That we all know that as sports fans, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, have you changed? Um, say the Warriors stick with seven fourteen. Who do you who do you want right now? Oh, okay. Has it changed since last time? Right now, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in Usman Garuba. Why? Because Ooh, okay, guys, like no, 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 solid no screens. No, 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 no. I mean, his defensive <laughs> highlights are incredible, and I know I'm just watching highlights. Everybody looks amazing in highlights. Uh, but just in terms of how people have talked about him, NBA caliber defender ready right now um, on that end. Plays for one of the best teams in Europe. But it was what you just said, the the screen setting ability. I heard another person talking about how well he sets screens. And that's what we're all about, Right. <laughs> If you can defend and set screens, like it, could he be a more athletic Looney? How many times has Looney gotten an open look or, uh, you know, it might be a contested layup, but he can't jump. So pump fake, pump fake, pass it out. But what if he could just rise up and dunk it? Like that's yeah. a useful player. Uh, How, so what's this so, guy's and, offense and, like? It's not, it's basically, you know, maybe some fill the lane on the break, uh, <laughs> you know, some rolling yeah. and okay. you know, okay. dunker spot kind of stuff, but he's 18 or 19 or whatever. So mm -hmm. if he already knows how to play defense, he already knows how to set screens and roll. That's a really strong base to start from at 14. That's also mm -hmm. not, not bad. And he's kind of like a three, four small ball five. So yeah. there's some versatility there. Okay. Against against big wings, yeah, uh, right. And and uh, who's your seven? 
still the oh, same. God. Giddy, you know, uh, I mean, it's uh, Jonathan Kaminga if he if he drops. <laughs> it's Kate Cunningham if he drops. <laughs> I, I think I'll still stick with the Book Knight Giddy combo just because they both of them provide offense and they need that. Mm-hmm. It's different types of offense. Like Giddy's a ball mover. Book Knight's a you know bucket getter. They need both of that. I'm not. I'm not like uh, against Mitchell at all. I just wish he was taller. You know, seeing how well he plays on the ball, that's really useful against a lot of the scoring guards in the. Do West. you think he'll last till fourteen? I don't think so. Yeah, I think the Pelicans might take him I if he's so there. Too. Yeah, because you look at all the teams and how many of them are rebuilding in the late lottery. There's still some. Uh, and so they'd want like younger, high upside talent. But there are some teams like the Pelicans that would want somebody who can fill that need so Zion doesn't leave yep. Right? Yep. and develop that chemistry because he's uh, he, he definitely could do that. But yeah, there's a part of me that's like, okay, forget Mitchell. And I've said this before. We'll see how it goes. But right now, I think I'm still... Still with Book Knight and Zyra Williams. Those are my guys still. <laughs> I watched a little bit more Giddy after you put him at your seven spot. And I actually like him. I agree, too, when I think about the offense on the Warriors and what it's always been. like. They don't have the guy who can get his own shot, like we talked about. The guy who can get to the free throw line, who can create his own shot anywhere on the court at any given time when the shot clock's running down and you need a bucket. And we don't have the guy who can initiate yeah. <laughs> either because Clay is not great at it. I mean, Draymond and Steph can do it. Uh, Wiggins isn't great at it. Poole is supposedly good at it, but I haven't seen him. You know, He's not great at it yet. He could evolve into that. But having somebody like Giddy who basically can, at least in terms of passing and initiating – not that he's anywhere close to the kind of player Iguodala was or two totally different types of players, but just having, you know, what he and Livingston could do in that respect. So, yeah. Hey, man, if they take Book Knight and Giddy, which ain't going to happen because I don't think either of those would be around a 14, I wouldn't mind that either. I, I mean, I look at Giddy. He played really well in the um, pre-Olympics game against Nigeria. He had shot really well. I think somebody who moves the ball like that, think about how much easier he could make Wiseman's life. Yes. Right. And, yes. And, and, and Wiseman is so important to this team's <laughs> yeah. future. Uh, and, and he'll, he would also make life easier on our shooters. Right. He, yeah. Especially as they age. Yeah. Well, here's the thing before last draft, I thought, well, maybe their play is going to be to, draft Lamelo for the Warriors to draft him and the idea this is before Clay got injured of course would be like he would be the point guard as Clay and Steph transitioned into literally just running off ball nonstop late yeah. career you know yeah. yeah and he could just find them nonstop and then whatever and I mean that could be giddy to some extent I would hate to give up on the the 6'2 Nico Mannion. <laughs> the Sean Penn of uh, the NBA. Um, <laughs> Spicoli. Uh, but yeah, like after talking to you and watching more clips, I was like, oh, I could do Giddy and Zaire. But after talking to you now, I would not mind. I would almost love Book Knight and Giddy. Yeah. But unfortunately, that the odds of both of them or one of them making it to number 14 is is not great. Well, you never know from that seven onward spot. I mean, that's what makes the Warriors situation so interesting. It's like it's eye of the beholder stuff at that point. Yeah. So you never yeah. know. I, it'll be interesting to see who they invite to the green room. I think they already did do that yeah, first yeah, round. They did. they did. They did some definites. And then there's a pool of people that they're going to pick like five of them from or something. Yeah. And... But uh, that that pool of five, it's like, good luck. 
<laughs> who's who's dropping? Who's who's gonna be Aaron Rodgers? Hey, ten days to Warriors Christmas, so counting down the days. Whoa. I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> Free agents. The universe ends after the draft. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Open Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Open Warriors. Check us out at OpenWarriors.com. Be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Open Warriors podcast is produced by National Law Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Thank you.